Welcome to This Week in MTG with your hosts, Matt Olson, JB, and Danny Oakstead. Hello and welcome, Magic Folk, to episode number 65 of This Week in MTG, your aggregate news source for all things Magic the Gathering. We are your hosts. Hi, Matt Olson. Over there, we got Danny Oakstead. What's up? Missing with us tonight is JB, because he has a sick boggle, but he's not, he's here, he's just not here. JB, say hello. I'm there in spirit. <laughs> Missing out on some food and some apple pie. Oh, unfortunately. Well, I can guarantee you that the apple pie will not be here by the time you swing over. I apologize. It will be. You're going to save a slice. You say that. I'll have your piece for you. Oh, and he will rude. he will live review it. Rude. Oh man. Oh. Even better. We're getting the pie right now, JB. I was supposed to get JB's piece. <laughs> no joke. I hope you choke on your chicken, Danny. <laughs> so before we jump into the episode want to talk about our amazing sponsor, who just got even more amazing, and I will let you know why here in a little bit. First off, J-Dubs Sports Cards and Gaming, located in the West Acres Mall in Fargo, North Dakota. They are an amazing all-in-one stop for your magic needs. Commander Legends just came out. You want to get some packs? You want to get some singles? They have the packs. They have the singles out. Them etched foils, you want those. Go check out J-Dubs. And to those of you that are like, well, I'm not from the FM area. I'm, uh, I'm on the East Coast. I'm on the West Coast. Or I'm over in the UK. J-Dubs ships throughout the country. And our friends, Art Lowe and Dan, across the pond there, if you're interested, hit him up. He will work out something with you if you want cards from J-Dubs Sports Cards and Gaming. But also, not only having amazing magic product, they have weekend Discord leagues uh, for Modern and Legacy. Saturday is Modern, Sunday is Legacy. Jump in, join the Discord, play some Modern, play some Legacy over Spell Table, talking over Discord. It's super fun. Highly recommend it. Links in the description down below for that. JDubs also helps you get your cards graded through PSA and Beckett's. He, uh, Josh gets his whole bulk rate to where he sends in a bunch of cards, which actually saves you a lot of money instead of doing it individually yourself. So they get sent in, they get sent back, your cards are graded for a very cheap price. Now, J-Dubs did something amazing here for the month of December for us here at This Week in MTG. Danny, grab the box. Insert drum roll. Way better than what I was going to do. I don't know why we're showing <laughs> to, 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 to the listener, Cryptoc, in the chat right now. We got gift edition boxes that J-Dubs wants us to gift out to our lucky listeners. We have three of these. Of what set? Zendikar Rising, the newest gift edition. So, in here, you get the special oversized gift edition spin-down life counter. You get 10 Zendikar Rising boosters plus one Zendikar Rising collector booster. You get 20 premium foil and regular regular basic lands. You get the box, and then you get the alternative art premium foil Cherix the Raging Isle the big old crab we got three of these to give away all throughout the month of December so by the time you guys listen to this podcast 
go check out a link that we have on all of our social medias to where you can enter to win. Winner will be announced next Monday, and then we will do another one, and then that one will be mentioned the following after that. And then the third and final one will be given out the week before, or the Monday before Christmas. Please follow those if you want to win these box. It's a $50 value that you're just going to get for free. And Josh gave us three of these to give away. Now, after that ad read, let's talk about the breakdown, how this episode is going to be laid out for y'all. First up, we pass it over to the Boggle Desk with JB, who has some announcements on mocks and modern events. Then he tells us about some upcoming events. Danny will take it away from there with any BNR updates? Who knows? In the news section, we have topics ranging from Delver Lens copyright things, and if you haven't heard already, Secret Lair, Secretversary Edition is out. From there, we're going to jump to the finance section where we talk about all the money that you'll be making with your cards. From there, going to talk about Deck of the Week, which is a user-submitted one in the Discord. Get hyped, and then you can all go home after that. Again, they're probably already at home. We don't know that. Because you usually don't get this out until like 4 or 5 o'clock in the afternoon. I mean, maybe. So they're maybe usually at home. Re- what if they have a graveyard shift? Then they're probably still at home, just <laughs> leaving for work. Either way, thank you. At that point, thank you for listening to the podcast. But let's pass it over to JB at the Boggle Desk. All right. So, first up, we've got some past event results here. We had the Magic Online Champion Showcase that happened. It's um, like Kazuya Takua was the one that went won the first ever of these events. It's like he went 3-0 in draft, then 0-3 in modern, and overcame a tough matchup against a very skilled opponent to emerge victorious. I'm trying to figure out how he won the whole thing going 0-3 in an event, but I guess that's something we'll find out because I guess they are going to get a video up so you can watch it. I'm sure Matt will have the links in the description once that becomes available. Right, Matt? Uh, Yes. It says right here that each of the eight players played three rounds of draft and three rounds of modern going 3-0 and either qualified you for the finals. Well, there you go. Look at that. Here's your answer, folks. I was sitting there thinking, I'm like, how in the hell, if he went 0-3 in one event, how did he go and win it? Shows how much I know. Don't worry, JB. Yeah, right there. Right. But I will worry about it. Will you though? You didn't worry about this until just today. Yeah, that's what I do. <laughs> you know this. Okay, so modern challenge that happened this last week. Did it? I said it happened. Yeah, and I happened. said it did it. Ah. Oh, Take three. Who <laughs> won? So, so looks like first place we had Tweedle running. What's he running? Prowess. Uh, yeah. Mono Red Prowess build. Bowmat Courier. Ooh, good stuff. A Bone Crusher Giant in a Prowess deck? Seems kind of spicy. And a Seasoned Pyromancer as well? Yeah, everybody loves Seasoned Pyromancer. Yeah, but in a in a, in a a Prowess deck is the thing. I mean, Ooh, still cool. Got a Burst Lightning, bro. Single Burst Lightning. Isn't that cool? How are they going to pay that high kicker cost? It's got... Single red instant, but with kicker four. Burst lightning deals two damage to target creature or player. Burst lightning was kicked. It deals four damage to that creature or player instead. This prowess is going to want five mana out. You're going to want to win before that. Well, that's why there's only, only one game. of 
It's an instant speed deal two damage. It just has potential upside better than a shock. Oh, hey, guess what? It's an Obosh deck. That's why. Should look at that more often. I don't always look at the sideboards. Okay, so then sex, sex, sex play. God. Give the shit out of your mouth. <laughs> why? So you can butcher it? Yeah, please. <laughs> well, Maybe we don't have to really butcher much. You don't to butcher it all. Right. Okay, so second place we had X Whale. It looks like he's running a prime time list. The Selesnia Titan? Or is it just regular Titan? Let's look. It is just Selesnia Titan. Oh, it is? Yeah, because it's got the Latimer's Call. Yep. Singleton Skyclave Apparition. Look at that. See that card? Can waves. Take that card. Is one of my favorites. And then we are going to finish it off with. The third place deck, Otakun. Looks like he's playing Eldrazi-Tron. Everybody's favorite deck to hate. Eat that deck. Yeah, so the void needs to be burned. All right, so that'll do it for our past events. Upcoming events, we have some showcase qualifiers going on at MTGO all weekend. We got Standard, Pioneer, Modern, Legacy, Vintage, and Limited. Look for those and join up if you're feeling lucky. And also on Friday, we have a modern super qualifier going on. Then from Wednesday, Wednesday, so this Wednesday when the episode comes out, uh, we have a chaos draft on MTGO. That's going to be all master sets. For the dates, that is December 2nd to December 9th. Yes, I don't have a calendar in front of me. <laughs> so I forgot to write that down. I see that. Thank you, Matt, for saving me. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> but yeah, so it's going to be a chaos draft of master sets. So that one's actually sounds pretty fun. And with that, I think that covers all the upcoming events. So I guess we will pass it over to Danny. Got me shot with a Nerf gun. Again, I have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> now that- she threw you under the bus. She even told me, she's like, I asked her to stop. And she's like, well, well, well I was like, I got a podcast to, to Record here, and she's like, "Well, what, I, what am I supposed to stop? We gotta ask Danny when I'm supposed to stop." <laughs> she, she just asked she j- again. She just asked, "What am I supposed to stop?" Because Danny's supposed to tell me to stop. I didn't tell her to start. I was just trying to tell to tell her to stop. I didn't say stop. So why is she stopping? <laughs> is my question to her. Why'd she stop? If she had to wait for me to get the okay to stop. Uh so we don't have any BNRs yet. Who knows if there's going to be any PNRs. I don't know. All well, the formats seem pretty good. Standard's in a, a pretty solid place. Yep. Historic is in a pretty good place. Modern seems pretty good. I have no opinion on on Pioneer. I haven't followed that. Yeah, the only, the only format that I could possibly see a PNR coming out is EDH, but that's very slim. Yeah, yeah. EDH could have a, a BNR or, or, or something. Or a CDH. Yeah, it, um, they, be... they might have something, but again, it's me very slim chance of them ever having a ban, at least with the cards that are available right now. There's there's people online having very strong arguments against opposition agent. So, but at the same time, there's also a strong like, hey, there is no need to ban opposition agent. It's actually not that good because you know it's one of those one of those cards. That's very easily dealt with. You only essentially are going to be like 
nine times out of ten, you're only going to be stealing one search because then the whole table is just going to be coming, gunning it down for that yep. opposition agent. But also on top of that, you got to think about how many, how many, uh, how many fetches that you actually have in your deck or tutor effects. You know, so a lot of a lot of times, you know, in the lower power levels, like already they're not playing that many fetches, like evolving wilds or just like some random trinket mage. But that's a topic for another podcast. Yep. But anyways, uh, moving along to blog talk of the week. Uh, this week's blog talk comes from somebody alive asked. Hi, Mark. Recently, we've seen more colors have defined defined versions of card draw, like in red, impulsive draw, where the exiles have card library and are only able to cast it for a turn, and with green card, draw engines from bigger creatures. Do you think that white will get something unique like red with it in with its interaction with Exile and Conditioning, or do you think it gets something tied to interaction within a color pile like uh, Garrick's Pack Beater? Or will it stay with Token Gen? And the reason I chose this is because of Mark Duply as a possible teaser to the future. We have something new for White we're working on. Okay, okay. Now, welcome to this week in Magic Speculation. Conspiracy theories? No, no, no. That's deep fried. We well, got, I'm just saying we got magic, trend for that. Magic theories, I don't know. <laughs> yes, theories, thoughts, ideas. Danny, you chose this. Was the first thing that crossed your mind? I thought it was interesting, so I picked it. Fair enough, but you didn't think of like what the possibility could be for a new white draw mechanic. Um, that's the thing. I don't really know what's out there for white currently for draw. So. Again, white's known for exiling, destroying, I guess, per se. Um, Basically, a lot of the card draw that I've seen anyway um, is attached to like life, life yep, gain. Yep, life gain, yep. Or um, they've been doing a lot of catch-up stuff with white. Like if, you know, if your opponent has more something than you, you get this. Or, yep, yep. You know, yeah, if you have, if you have two or more. Additional. Yeah. Two or more opponents, you draw a card, an extra card, or something like that. Yep. So, I don't know. Um, My guess is probably something stronger on the life gain portion of it. But, like, if you gain two life this turn, draw a card. Or draw cards equal to the life gain this way, or this turn. You know what I like for a draw mechanic for whites? Do you remember uh, Mengaru the Diplomat? No. Oh, yep. Live... Uh, Live Scryfall search right here. An M20. Mangara the Diplomat is white 3 for a 2-4 human cleric legendary creature. Lifelink. Whenever an opponent attacks with creatures, if two or more of those creatures are attacking and or are attacking you and or planeswalkers you control, draw a card. Whenever an opponent casts their second spell each turn, draw a card. Maybe this could be the you know their their testing path of white draw effects with this you know they're just testing the waters and something like this with mangara seems pretty okay not too op you know you see it in some commander games it hasn't made waves in uh modern or standard at all yeah no like if 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 they go kind of a path with mangara the diplomat that'd be pretty cool once again, it's you know very. It's the conditional stuff and like almost the catch-up stuff. Yeah, which is traditional for white. White doesn't have anything that gets it ahead. Just normal card draw. 
way too many clauses with it. Cryptoc in the chat was like, give us another Drog Skull Reaver, but for five. <laughs> I am down for that. Yeah, I well, if they did for five, they'd probably drop off Double Strike. Oh, yeah, no. Double Strike would um, be gone. It would probably be a 2-2. Two, two no, it would probably that. be a 2-3. Think it would be a 2-3? Yeah. Just because it's a 3-5, if they're going to drop Double Strike, they wouldn't drop it down to a 2-2. Two, two. So they give it some sort of defense. So it would probably be a 2-3. Maybe a 2-4. So life gain along the sides of Drog Skull Reaver. I believe a Mangara style like draw effect from the Core 21 Mangara. Or or they could give uh, take flying and double strike away and give it vigilance. Ooh, that'd be okay. And then still have it like a two four. But let's continue on before we start going further down this rabbit hole of constructing a whole new white card. <laughs> You're welcome. As far as news quickies go, we've only got one. There's a new survey up. Link will be in the description below. It is on Commander Legends. So click on it. Complete the survey. Your part, fun. Short, sweet, to the point. Good job, JB. Yay. Okay, so next up, uh, last week, there was a news article I wanted to talk about, but held it off because I wanted to wait for more information to come out, and more information has come out. This is about the the mobile app Delver Lens. They are being, they got a copyright claim, and so they're no longer in the Google US Play Store because of it. Delver Lens, for those that don't know, is a free app that scans, shares, and organizes Magic the Gathering collections, and it is not currently available at the Google Play Store US due to a copyright claim from Wizards of the Coast referring to the use of Magic the Gathering, uh, the developer announced on Twitter. This article is brought to us by Jake Viper over at Epic Stream. So, over on twi- Twitter, the developer also said that he already contacted Wizards Lawyer and Google about submitting a new version without the copyrighted text but, quote, I haven't received a response from them either. This may take a few days or weeks to resolve, unquote. However, he notes that Delver Lens is still av- available in Google Play outside of the United States. Uh, there is a video showing that you can scan 100 cards in five minutes using Delver Lens. And so that was kind of like the gist of it of last week, is this app was getting uh, copyrighted by Wizards. And as of today, there is an update. This is also from Jake Viper over at Epic Stream. So it covers up saying, yep, last week, Delver uh, Lens was taken down, and now here is the update. Jesus Christ, as soon as I can... There we go. Close out those flipping ads. So summarized up here is that Delver, La- Delver Lab said that they changed the app's name to no longer have the trademark text and contacted the lawyer who filed the complaint asking them to notify Google. Quote, The lawyer replied that Wizards has no objection to changing the app's name, but they'll not take any actions to reinstate the app, the developer said. Wizards, claims, uh, Wizards claim does not pertain to the app itself, but they are currently using Google's terms of service to prevent the app from being reinstated. Google has been replying generically with roughly the same statements, saying they can't do anything. We have an issue with the subscribers in the U.S. who can't use the premium features at the moment. This issue happens in part because of monetized apps published on Google Play are required to use the Google's billing API. 
which not only collects an abusive fee of 30%, but also limits what the programmers can do when issues like this happens on the API. Unquote. The developer went on to say that he published a new app in the U.S. Google Play Store that's still under review, which is the same app available in other regions. It will be free until the release of the next set on January 15th. The new app will be available worldwide on January 15th, but the old version will still get support for one year after that. Quote, Whatever legal claim Wizards has against the app, the core functionalities are not related to Wizards at all, and there is nothing they can do about it, the developer added. He admitted that he made the mistake of leaving Magic the Gathering in the app's name and 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 said that even though he tried to resolve it with Wizards, and even though they agree that the name no longer infringes on their trademark, they still used Google's terms of service to prevent the app from being reinstated. Final quote, I wish Wizards would be more understanding about this, and Google would have a better process to deal with this kind of situation that won't hurt small develop- developers. So, so yeah, this is just one of those things. Um, I am not well-versed in copyright claims and trademarks and stuff like that. And I never used Delver Lens, so I don't know how it was all set up in the beginning before you can no longer download it. But Hey, I use it. It's really nice, actually. Okay, well, give us your take on it then. Like, how was it now that you can't use it in the copyright? Like, do you know much about copyright claims and stuff as well? Like, take it away. No, but... I just I've used the app before and I like it. I really like it. It's nice. Like I've used it for the last couple boxes that uh, I've opened, and then I just lay I've laid out all my all rares and and good pulls and stuff, and I scan them all um, fairly quickly. Actually, it reads like that and it just scans it instantly. Um, so you can actually blow through quite a bit of cards pretty quick, and I use it to track. Know, like the the monetary value of what I pulled out of my boxes, and because it'll it'll um, keep track of the markets and it'll show you like your whole list of prices of the whole list combined, and it'll show like the adjustment up or down as it fluctuates with the market on it. Pretty pretty neat. So my question is, if the whole reason for this copyright claim was Delver Lens using the the name Magic the Gathering without properly uh, stating that it's uh, trademarked by Wizards of the Coast and stuff like that, like you see at the bottom of, you know, Scryfall or Moxfield or insert any other magic-related sites that talks about the, you know, the stuff there. Like, did if it's only for that, the misplacement of the name, it definitely seems a little harsh that there's no first warning you know like uh, a cease and desist order first to be like hey you're using this trademark uh we would appreciate if you take it down before hitting with a tos claim right but this is some news wanted to talk about thought it was interesting people listeners those that know about copyright claims and stuff send us messages we'd love to learn more about it and we can update everybody next week hey, there is no, this week in legal law no, no, JB, that's eight. We we limit ourselves to seven podcasts here, man. <laughs> we can rotate it. Okay, <laughs> once a month legal, uh, legal law and ASMR gets changed around. There you go. 
Wow. Anyway, speaking of law, a uh, card shop in Massachusetts was broken into or robbed. Um, so off of the MTG Finance Reddit page, um, Peter Ratchet, uh, owner of Pete's Nerd Eporium um, in Massachusetts, one on the state, he had a state uh, shipment of product that had been stolen from what should have been a safe drop drop off point for packages. So this is from him directly. What's worse, it's where I live. Amongst the items taken were many new releases, some of which were pre-reserved and limited quantity items, which I may be unable to replace or provide for my customers. I am beyond devastated. It's another serious blow to the business. After the tremendous beating that has been 2020, one that Pete's and Pete can hardly afford. If anyone comes across and any suspicious Facebook marketplace, Craigslist, etc., sales, please let me know so I can contact the authorities. In the off chance that the thief sees us, the value of the items taken makes this a felony. But if you are, they are returned with no further actions will be taken by me. This is not worth fucking your life over finally i understand things are tough all over especially now around christmas i can understand what could lead someone to start stealing but this is not the answer if you are truly feel desperate please reach out to me i never have so little that i cannot share or i wouldn't share and if your child is in danger of not having gifts for christmas i will make sure that you that does not happen well i can't talk Thank you. God bless. Stay safe, Pete. Yeah, it's shit happens every year around this time, where you have the what the porch parts. Yeah, there we go. That's what I was looking for. The porch parts. So a little extra context behind this. Uh, in the comments of this Reddit post, someone says, "PSA: The home is his shop. He lives in a flat above the shop." And yeah, so there's people that were getting like. Why do you send that kind of product and stuff to your home? Like, it is it, it it bamboozles me that people are so aggressive and uh quick to be angry at this guy. Be like, why did you just send it to your home? It's like you don't know the full the full story. A lot of the time, like this post was just saying, hey, this is like a lot of money to make a family. How much? Hold on, let's do let's do a live Google. Hey Google, how much money do you have to rob to make it a felony? On the website criminaldefenselawyer.com, they say, in order to be a felony theft, the value of the property must exceed a minimum amount established by state law, typically between $500 and $1,000. Yeah, it's not much. Well, yeah, at minimum 1000 bucks of products sold still blows. I don't know. Even $500, that's not much. It's, what, three booster boxes of a modern? There are two boxes of modern? Yeah, somewhere around there. Four boxes of standard. But still, if any of the Massachusetts people out there that listen to this podcast have any information, they see something about this, contact the uh, contact Pete at links down below, I guess. Let's see. It doesn't say specifically. Pete Rochart on Facebook is the best that we got at the moment. Oh, uh, so apparently the lion's share of the stuff that was stolen is from the newest sets, Commander Legends, including boxes of collector packs. The board games are two codenames, one codename duet, two flashpoints, 
Fire Rescue and one Machi Karo 5th Anniversary, two Indian Summers, and a whole mess of dice. Okay, so yeah. Yeah, it doesn't take much. Nope, that, that stuff adds up real quick. Massachusetts friends, reach out. Links in the description down below. Let's, if we can help by highlighting something like this, let's do that. And speaking of highlighting, Outpost 2000 and Beyond, local car, uh, local game store located in Blaine, Minnesota. Last week we talked about them having someone break into their store and steal a bunch of product. As of uh, two days ago on Saturday, they are starting a donation to try and recoup anything of uh, anything of value right now. It says here in the description that help the business owner Bill of Outpost 2000 keep his business thriving. The store has been a great place for people to gather from Magic the Gathering to Dungeons and Dragons and all wonderful RPG games we know and love in a safe and understanding environment. But like most small businesses, this store of fantasies needs our help to sur- to thrive. Uh, it sounds like that this is started by, uh, yeah, created by someone who goes to the store all the time. I know we all have financial struggles with COVID, but this is one place we can all continue to leave that reality, to come together as a community, and to forget the hardships of being an adult. Please help me make this thriving, this store thriving any amount helps. Their goal is to have, to raise $10,000 in 82 days. Right now they have raised $304. We're going to put a link in the description if anybody's able to help in any way or whatever, you know. More power to you. If you can't, it's understandable. But more highlighting helping out people here, I'd say. You know, the the season of giving seems pretty pretty fitting to at least highlight it. Now, after that uh, season of giving and stuff, JB, tell us about what we can get in this season of getting as well. Um, as we talked about last week, the first official release of the first drop in the secret bursary bundle here. We've got more. All the rest of them have been spoiled out and shown and actually went up for pre-order today. So first up, we showed you the Seb McKinnon drop. So we have a box of Brocks as, as an alternate art arcane signet, romantic lantern, commander sphere, dark steel ingot, and gilded lotus. So you get uh, MTGO codes for them. And that one comes in... Foil and non-foil. Non-foils for $29.99 and foils for $39.99. Seems to be the standard rate that you will be seeing for it on this as well. I mean, that's not a bad. Nah, 30 bucks for five not cards. Not a bad rate. It's like, yeah, let's see. Next one, we have Happy Little Gathering, which is the Bob Ross Lands. That one's coming in foil and non-foil. Same prices. 30 for the non-foil, 40 for the foils. Um, Then we have a heavy metal theme. We have Party Hard, Shred Harder, which comes with, uh, they're all hand-drawn arts, uh, making, Assassin's Trophy, Cement, Bort, and Thraxamundar. Just going to stop you right there that because one. this one is my favorite. I purchased some today. And Me I'm, too. And this one doesn't come in foil. It's all non-foil. It's, I honestly, I think it's all right. But it would be freaking sweet if it did come foil. 
I would, right. I would, I would be fine if it was foil, but at the same time, with the foil Pringles effect that we get, oh, yeah. it would wreck the card. Right. I got in my um, Mountain Go secret layer drop, and those lightning bolts are just curved like a taco. It is so not cool. Like I wanted to use them in my modern deck, but it's like, I can't. I got to put books on them and wait like however fucking long it takes to flatten out some yeah. foiling from books. Get some encyclopedias. <sighs> right. Encyclopedia Britannica. Put them to good use again. There we go. Oh, JB. Genius. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I remember having to use those for projects back in middle school. <laughs> so since this one doesn't have a foil, you only get them for twenty nine ninety nine 99 for all five of those. And then last but not least, we have Hope You Like Squirrels. Whole squirrel theme drop. You get this one only comes in foil. I do. Only foil. You get an alt art chatter of the squirrel. Crosan Beast, Squirrel Mob, Squirrel Wrangler, Swarm Yard, and a foil squirrel token. Honestly, I just want but the token. All the art right? all the art looks good. The artists for the Hope We Like You We Hope You Like Squirrels did a phenomenal job. Right. And they did do a pretty good job. So then not only that, they have three different bundles that you can get. The first one is a no foils, no nonsense bundle for $100. You get the Party Hard Shred Harder, Box of Rocks, Bob Ross Lands, and the Seb McKinnon Drop for $100. Not a bad deal. Nah, you're you're saving uh, 20 bucks. You're getting one set for 10 bucks, essentially. And then they have a Foils Forever bundle. For $139.99, you get the squirrels, box of rocks, a brass land, and the Seb McKinnon drop. So no party hard shred harder there, and there was no squirrels in the first one. I don't know if that was said or not. And then the last bundle is just all five all put together for $229.99. And all the... It looks like those are all foils, yep. Yep, except for the party hard. Yep. Uh, Everything that is available in foil, comes in foil in the, in the super bundle. Which is a little crazy to think. Like, so you look at the Secretversary Super Drop Foils Forever bundle, it's 140 bucks, right? Yep. And all you're getting in the the bundle bundle is the Party Hard Shred Harder <laughs> cards. So you're looking at $90 difference. <laughs> so you take 30 of that off, that's $60 difference. So now look at the, now look at the price difference of the foiled and non-foil. Oh, it's foil and non-foil. Uh, so I was going to click on it and let's see what's what the, what the deal is here. Yep, you get the foil and non-foil with this one. Secretversity super hey, foils that's it. forever. It's both, then, nope. it's both bundles. Yep, so you get okay. You get a foil Sub McKinnon, a non-foil Sub McKinnon, a foil Bob Ross, non-foil Bob Ross, foil Box Rocks, non-foil Box Rocks. So by far the best possible Secret drop you could possibly buy. Yeah, here it says that they're it's essentially reducing the price by uh, fifty bucks for being two hundred and twenty nine dollars. Just before the the price in the tab here, it says two seventy nine ninety two crossed off, and then bolded it's two ninety nine or two twenty nine ninety nine. Really trying to to sell out on uh, getting this. What's uh? It's not FOMO. Uh, showing, th- making you think that it's a better deal than what it actually is. Like, 
show a higher price, cross it out, but then put it at the price that we actually wanted to sell it at. Right? Or just show you how much they're marking up everything else. That too. Let your cynicism run wild there, folks. But before we go off on this topic, I just want to say, I saw some people online that were making their own uh, Party Hard Shred Harder arts and stuff. I'll pull it up here. I saw them in the Moxfield Discord in the lounge. Someone is working on a Timna the Weaver card, posting up up Mox right now and seeing how it turns out. And then earlier, there were a... uh, Abushan, Abushan, Cephalid Emperor, that they made into like you know, the the party hard, shred harder, hand drawn, metal inspired look, and then they also had a uh, Hapatra Vizier of Poisons. These these aren't official; these are just like fan made and stuff, and they just look really good. There's a Wheel of Fortune one with a with a an Egyptian scarab looking theme and vials hanging around it, and then a Nekisar the Mind Razor which gives me very Las Vegas-y feels and stuff. Um, if you want to see those, join the Moxfield Discord. Uh, also, listen to the Moxfield interview that we did a couple weeks ago with the creators John and Harry. It's a good episode. Join the Discord. See these cards. From there, let's talk about the finance section. Because us, as Magic players, we love to know what our cards are worth and what we can get our cards for. Cha-ching! In the finance section, we read off of the amazing website, MTG Stocks, who comes out every week with this most amazing article called The Weekly Winners, where they talk about three to five cards that have moved up in price and are very interesting indeed, and then three to five cards that have seen decreases in price. So, to start this off with, this is all predicated on on Commander Legends being out. Every card from here is due to Commander Legends. And the first one is the biggest spike of all, Cedrus the Traitor King. For three blue-black-red for a 5-5 legendary zombie warrior, Cedrus has the ability of each creature in your graveyard has an Earth for black two. So unearth, reminder text, is saying uh, return the card to play. So you pay the mana, return the card to play from your graveyard. The creature gains haste, remove it from the game at the end of turn, or if it would leave play. Unearth only as a sorcery. This has seen an increase in price of 460%, now sitting at $27.99. You know, one of these times I'll remember to put this little caveat in the beginning here. It's like, we record the episodes on Monday night. Weekly Winners comes out on Friday night. Prices may have changed between then from when the article was written to today, and we will let you know if that happens. And today is one that has. So the average price of the card as of today is $25.99, but the market price slow to follow is $10.61. Meaning that this is going to be like more of a speculative buy-up in the beginning. Like, that's what people are buying it for. Not as many copies out there, but it should start leveling out probably around that 15 buck range. Uh, that's not guaranteed. That's just me speaking from seeing, you know, shit like this before. But the reason why this card has raised is from a card from Commander Legends called Ubeka Brute Chronologist. It is one blue, black, red for a 3 4 
legendary ogre wizard that has tap. The players whose turn it is may end the turn. And so, ending the turn, it says, exile all spells and abilities from the stack. The players whose turn it is discards down to their maximum hand size, damage wears off, and this turn, and until end of turn effects, end. So, if you unearth a bunch of creatures having Ubek and uh, Cedrus out, and you tap Ubek, you get to keep all those unearthed creatures. So, insert any big fat fatty that was put into the graveyard, any 10 mana Ulamog, the Ceaseless Hunger, unearth it for three, Ubek ends the turn, and you get to, and you get to keep the, uh, the Ulamog. Stupid. Next on the weekly winners, we have Tectonic Instability, originally printed in Invasion. This card reads, whenever a land enters the battlefield, tap all lands its controller controls for red two. It's an enchantment. This card has seen a 133% increase, now sitting at $6.44. So this card has moved up in price due to your lock of Scorch Thrash, which is the Mana Burn Legendary. One black, green, red for a 4-4 Viachino Shaman with Vigilance. A player losing unspent mana causes that player to lose that much life and has the activated ability of pay one, tap. Each player adds black, red, green to their mana pool. So as a way to just force your opponents to be making mana, because like whenever they lay a land, they they tap all their lands. If they don't tap them to produce mana before that effect wears off, they just tap that mana and they don't get they don't get it. They have to get the mana in their mana pool first. And if they don't use it all, it burns. It kind of like forces your opponents to take unnecessary damage and cast spells at times that they don't want to by playing lands. But you know, the workaround to this is you know, you don't play lands. Or you wait until you cast everything you want to cast, and then you play a land and work it out from there. But that has moved up in price because Yurlock, the Scorched Thrash decks, are enjoying that card. And finally, we have a card called Stitch in Time. Red, blue, one for a sorcery. It reads, flip a coin. If you win the flip, take an extra turn after this one. So JB, I say that alone. What, what card do you think is causing this card to spike? Kirk. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Kirk. Stitch in Time has jumped up to $7.05. Market price is $3.87. You can find them on TCG Player for that. And yeah, Kirk as a way to be flipping coins, copying spells, Kirk the, thumbla- Kirk the Thumbless. This is organic spike of a card. It's a solid card in coin flipping strategies, which slightly surprising, you know. But from there, JB is going to take it away with some cheap pickups. Okay, so first up, we have Sneak Attack. Eternal Masters printing. Uh, sitting at $17.99. Sneak Attack is three and a red for an enchantment. Pay a red, you may put a creature card from your hand onto the battlefield. That creature gains haste. Sacrifice the creature at the beginning of the next end step. Uh, to next no- up, we... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, Jesus. Oh, excuse me. Oh, excuse me. Here's that. Here's that. uh, (laughs) Midwestern again. (laughs) It is to be noted, though, this card was printed in Double Masters back in August. So 
The Double Masters printing of this is still very cheap. It's just that if you're interested in having the Eternal Masters uh, set symbol on the side, it's now moving down in price. But you can find Sneak Attack for $14 to $12. Or, right now in TCG Player, there's people that are selling it for $9.50, the Double Masters edition. Nice. This is a card that's saw a lot like it was it was really high at one point sitting around 70 bucks the urza mm. saga pr- printing it's nuts all right so next up we have karn scion of urza e dominaria printing and that's seven dollars and 14 cents uh for four generic you get a legendary planeswalker with five loyalty uh, i gotta click on this zooming in i read that put on your spectacles there I gotta put on my reading glasses. Get on them peepers. And move the mic for this. Uh, plus one, you reveal the top two cards of your library. An opponent chooses one of them, put that card into your hand, and exile the other with a silver counter on it. Uh, neg one, you put a card you own with a silver counter on it from exile into your hand. And a neg two of create a zero zero colorless construct artifact creature token with. Creature gets plus one plus one for each artifact you control. Not a half bad planeswalker. Oh, not really. Especially for four mana. For seven bucks, can't beat that. A lot of planeswalkers yeah. that are, you know, sub ten always worth looking into in my opinion, you know. Right. Definitely. Okay, so then last but not least we have Ugin Spirit Dragon. This is the M twenty one print. Sitting at twenty two dollars. And for Eight mana, get a seven loyalty planeswalker. Plus two, Ugin the Spirit Dragon deals three damage to any target. Big X, exile each permanent with converted mana cost X or less. It's one or more colors. And a neg 10, you gain seven life. Draw seven cards. Put up seven permanent cards from your hand onto the battlefield. I hate this card so much. It's a good card. It's dumb. Tron decks and modern love it. So those of you that were having a hard time finishing off your Tron deck, uh, be prepared. It's starting to get a little cheaper now. So if you are that person trying to complete your Tron deck and are waiting for these cards to move down a little more in price, we highly recommend that you go check over our friends at tcgsniper.com where this site is an amazing site of helping you know when cards are moving up and down in price you get notified of when whatever cards that you set into tcg sniper whatever cards move up or down in price you will get notified you make an account you get three to five cards initially but if you get their plus membership which right now if you sign up and mention that the guys over at this week in mtg sent you you will get three months free of their plus membership where you can get a total of 50 cards that you can add to see uh, put notifications on if it moves up or down in price and with that notification of let's say Ugin the Spirit Dragon you want it to get down to 18 bucks you type that in into your account and you will get notified as soon as on TCG player someone is selling an Ugin the Spirit Dragon for 18 bucks then you click the link snipe it out put it in your cart and your happy magic player. Go check them out. So who's ready for deck of the week this week? Everybody. This week's deck of the week was submitted by listener 
friend of the podcast, oh no, in the Discord. And JB, take it away with the creatures. Okay, so first up, we have two fervent champions, single red, 1-1 one, one human knight, first strike haste. Whenever fervent champion attacks, another target attacking knight you control gets plus 1 plus 0 oh until end of turn. Equip abilities you activate that target fervent champion cause three less to activate. Next up, we have four Kargan Intimidators. For one and a red, you get a 3-1 Human Warrior. Cowards can't block warriors. You can pay a single mana, choose one that hasn't been chosen this turn. Kargan Intimidator gets plus one, plus one until end of turn. Target creature becomes a coward until end of turn. Or target warrior gains trample until end of turn. And then we got four of Kroxa, Titan of Death's Hunger. Black and a red. Get a 6-6 six, six Elder Giant. Legendary. Oh, when Kroxa enters the battlefield, sacrifice it unless it escaped. Whenever Kroxa enters the battlefield or attacks, each opponent discards a card. Then each opponent who didn't discard a non-land card this way loses three life. And then it has escape for black, black, red, red. Exile five of the cards from your graveyard. You may cast it from your graveyard. And then we have four Labyrinth Raptors. For black and red, you get a 2-2 Nightmare Dinosaur. Menace. Whenever a creature you control with menace becomes blocked, defending player sacks a creature blocking it. For black and red, creatures you control with menace get plus one, plus oh until end of turn. Uh, you have a single Robber of the Rich. One in a red, you get a 2-2 Human Archer Rogue. You reach in haste. Whenever Robber of the Rich attacks, if defending player has more cards in hand than you, exile the top card of their library. During any turn you attacked with a rogue, you may cast that card, and you may spend mana as though it were mana of any color to cast that spell. And we have three Scourge of the Skyclaves. For single, generic, and a black. You get a star star powered demon. Has kicker for four generic and a black. When you cast this spell, if it was kicked, each player loses half their life rounded up. Scourge of the Skyclave's power and toughness are each equal to 20 minus the highest life total among players. And to round out the creature slot, we have four Stormfist Crusaders. Black and a red. Get a 2-2 Human Knight. Menace. At the beginning of your upkeep, each player draws a card and loses one life. In the Sorcerers and Instant section, there are four Blood Chiefs Thirst, one of my favorite cards printed in Zendikar Rising. For a single black sorcery, you have Destroy Target Creature or Planeswalker with converted mana cost two or less. It also has Kicker for two and a black, reading, If the spell was kicked, instead Destroy Target Creature or Planeswalker. There are four of those. Next, in the Instant section, we have four Heartless Axe, which is black one instant, choose one, Destroy target creature with no counters on it, or remove up to three counters from target creature. Next, there is Inferiorate, which is a single red instant. Target creature gets plus three, plus two until end of turn. <coughs> and, and, and then that's it. Four of those. And then finally, four shocks, single red instant, deal two damage to any target. In the land section, there are four Fable Passage, which tap, sack it, search your library for a basic land, put it into play tapped, unless you control four or more lands. And then there's ten mountains and eight swamps. No sideboard for this, because this is for best of one, Ono said. And 
Yeah. Uh, here, he, he left a, a little comment after posting the list. He's like, here's the deck I put together for best of one in Arena. Now, I was only in Platinum, but I won nine straight games with it, and I'm pretty sure if I played it at the start of the season, I would have made it to Mythic. So he has a lot of faith in this deck, and I don't know, I can kind of see why. Like, Infuriates you're using to pump up the Labyrinth Raptor, which automatically your opponent sacks a creature when it gets blocked by two creatures. You know, a creature with re- with uh, removal on it is something to always be looking at, and kind of surprising that not too many people else have looked at this card in Standard. The Standard's dead. Nah, man, Standard's not dead. This is too expensive. Uh, yeah, the wild cards are very outrageous. They're definitely making you have to spend money to get packs, so that way you can get the wild cards, or hope that you get the cards. No, no, draft. Always draft. Uh, wizards, not wizards, uh, hipsters of the coast. One of their uh, writers for hipsters always comes out each set with a Google spreadsheet of drafting. You know, you just rare draft and save your packs, and then you input what rares you have in the set, and then at whatever point you do that, it'll have like this little total that says, you are this many drafts away from getting all the rares in the sets. It's one way to help get you all the rares, and typically at that point you'll have like 90% of the commons, or uncommons in like all of the commons. Hopefully. Hopefully. Uh, But you know how hard it is to draft when you're just grinding free-to-play? Yeah, yeah. There again, you are definitely to to do the free to play model of it. You are grinding a lot because then you got to be collecting your daily coin rewards to try and get the coin to do the drafting. So you yeah, kind of get because then you're you're doing every little thing just uh, checkpoint your your daily goals every day while you're grinding fifteen matches on night. Mm-hmm. Might it doesn't take long, but if you're playing best of three, well. One match may take you an hour. Not everyone has 15 hours uh, for arena. Very right. true. And it's 10,000 gold to draft, which right. takes a long time to get to. Yep. Right. But this isn't about the arena economy. We're talking about this amazing Rakdos standard deck. So the Stormfrist Crusader is a way to be drawing more cards to help get you to your rates to just start pumping it up because remember Stormfrist Crusader also has menace and if Labyrinth Raptor is out that also means that creatures would get sacked if to them block Stormfrist Crusader mm-hmm. the uh, Cargan Intimidator is interesting because I think it's just because it's a 2 mana 3 one you know it's a good beefy body uh, good attack not beefy good attacking body because on the next turn, you pay one mana and you make it a 4-2. And that's not too shabby of a stick to be swinging, you know? And the ability to make things not be able to block it. Very, very interesting. A good way to help be pushing your advantage creatures and stuff through. Kirk's is just good because, you know, you're making your opponent discard your hand. And then it comes into the late game as well. And you got a 6-6 body that your opponent's just going to have a really hard time dealing with a lot of the time. Uh, yeah, because, you know, they'd probably be focusing on the Fervent Champion, the Labyrinth Raptor, the Stormfist Crusader first. And then hopefully they would have petered out on, like, potential removal spells by the time Kroxa gets escaped. 
And this is a very aggro deck, so I can't really recommend the temples in this deck at all. And we don't have the flip black red land right now. That will be coming out in Keldheim. But I imagine as soon as that comes out, that would definitely help boost this deck up in viability. I mean, it's already viable. Oh no said that he got like nine straight games in a row with this deck. This is just Rakdos beat your face aggro right here. It's actually not too far away from like Danny's mentality. It's just like creature beats with a side of shocks and creature removals, so... No, my aggro rag deck is literally all spells and little creatures. Well, there's your lightning bolt. There's your shock. There's your shock. <laughs> I say as I'm pointing at the screen for the lightning bolts is Cargan Intimidator, the Raptors, the shock, and <laughs> the storm fist is also the shock. It's oh. just in repetitive bodies. Yeah, I like shocking someone for 14 for one mana. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's pretty fucking good, too. <laughs> that's just how my deck runs. If anything, I could suggest for this deck Castle Embreath, two of that, and maybe a single of Castle Lockthwain. You know, as a way to be getting some more cards and just having the ability to pump up your creatures even more. Like having Stormfist get be a 3 2 or. Cargan become a 5-2 with its pump when it swings you know like those are that's damage damage output that's if it hits like it it starts whittling you away way quicker than you think like the one the one damage from Castle Embrith not to be forgotten I would say and not that much of a, a restriction to toss into this deck especially having 10 mountains you just take a mountain out or two mountains out or the Fable Passage honestly two Fable Passage out Put in the put in the castle embriths. One swamp out for the castle Lockthwain. But overall, solid deck. Agreed. Of course. It's oh no. He always has solid decks. Oh no is very good at making decks. Like he gets the concept like spot on all the time. And he's a very red mage. Uh he's part of our uh our friend group and stuff. And back when we were able to have tournaments and stuff, he actually made it to the North Dakota tcg championships i think he was in the top eight with a, a boros burn deck back in return to ravnica era so red spells is definitely his forte yeah because wasn't that the gutter snipe deck that he was running yeah that was the gutter snipe deck he was running because he had um boros charm gutter snipe and dunk pyromancer wasn't it was the young pyromancer in there something like that i can't remember if it was in there or not but i was like right around can't remember if Young Pyromancer came out after that event or that next set. But yeah, fun deck. It looks really good. Oh no. Thank you for submitting this deck. And to any listener out there who wants to also submit a deck, join the Discord. We have a little tab where you can submit decks and then we read them and you can hear three schmucks with microphones talk about it for a little bit. Yep. But also, when you join the Discord, you can watch us live as we record this episode live and hear all of our mistakes that I'm going to be cutting out later. Maybe, if he catches them. <sighs> I've been really good at catching them. Name one that I missed last week. I wouldn't know. You didn't listen to the episode, did you? Nope. Surprise, surprise. I was here. But I believe that is an end of an episode then. Yep. Time for the end read? Go ahead. 
I feel like I'm going to have to get both you and JB Nose goes. To, uh, to practice this, to read it. JB, since we can't see you. Oh. Nose goes. There's no proof oh. that you're touching your nose or not after us. Nope. Don't worry, I'll get you guys to practice to read. Nope. And that way we can take turns. I don't know how to read. You can't make me. Magic folk, thank you for making it to the end of this podcast. You are truly, you are truly legendary. As always, like I said... Follow us on Discord where you can submit deck of the week so you can see all the news that we don't talk about. That's, you know, gets posted up there. Talk magic, share pets. There's a Pokemon page as well. That one hasn't been moving much. I haven't been playing a lot of Pokemon Go. But join the Discord. Community is great there. Also, follow us on Facebook and Twitter. We're posting news articles and other stuff there. And also, with that posting stuff there, we are going to be posting links to our monthly week monthly our weekly december giveaway of those gift edition boxes given to us by our luxurious sponsor jw sports cards and gaming remember they can help you if you live in the united states they can still get you cards you email them yeah you put in your you can even call the store they're perfectly fine with phone calls as well but you know if you don't want to call them or no, if you don't want to call them if you don't want to email them we'll get there i promise you Words are hard. See, like, who wants a pre-recorded end end card when you got this grade A content right here? Because you can cut this grade A contact out. Not anymore, I'm not. Okay. (laughs) Go check out J-Dubs. Go check out our giveaway that we're doing. There will be links for that to uh, to enter to win weekly. We're giving them away. One box of these gift editions. They're $50 of value enter also if you guys have questions comments concerns of any kind hit us up on those social media platforms or you can also send us an email at thisweekendmtg at gmail.com also please don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so that way you know when they come out and also when we have little bonus episodes that come out where we do interviews or just random things i think our next uh our next bonus episode is going to be a a deck from danny maybe if we get ready. There we go. We have we have an incentive to finish that now. Maybe. Guys, thank you for making it to the end of episode number 65. And we will catch you next week. See ya. Bye. Stop it! Stop it! Pick those up, your daughter's gonna eat them.